How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Apples and Genos Fantasy Hockey Podcast Off-Season Edition. My name's Josh Hutchinson. I've got uh, our leader, Nager Niblink, with me, as well as my boy, John Binkle. How's it going, boys? We in it. I'm here, brother. Let's do it. We are in it. Let's fucking go. All right. So so the last episode, we went through our drafts uh, for this year, um, just highlighting uh, different strategies we had. Uh, what worked, what didn't work. Uh, now we're going to talk about um, a, a few of our teams uh, and and how we handled uh, the season as as things went on. We're just going to talk about little highlights, little moves we made, um, and and our mindsets uh, going into going into the season. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start. So I'm gonna talk about the the uh, my team from the Apples and Genos Patron League that I spoke about um, in our draft episode. So um, to start off. Uh, my team looks extremely different than it did uh, at the start of the year, at the end of the year. Part of that is because um, I was in the finals at the end of the year, and um, there, were, there were a couple guys that I that I rode with all year, um, but didn't have favorable schedules the last week, and there were there were some good value picks uh, on waivers available, so I dropped them. So it's a little. Um, I don't know. It, it, my team looks a little different than it would have maybe a week or two prior. Um, but looking at my draft and then looking at my team, I, I still had Austin Matthews. Obviously, you're not going to drop Matthews at the end of the year. Uh, Nikolai Ehlers, I stuck with all year. Alex Debrinkit, Tori Krug, surprisingly. I'm not really sure why. Um, Pietrangelo. Tomich Hurdle, uh, who is a good value pick for me. And then Flurry and Hellebuck. And that's it. That's it. At the end of the year, those are the only guys that stuck with me. That's what six, seven guys. Um, so, uh, a little bit of the story of my year. I have kind of a timeline uh, of different key moves that that I made. So, the first move I made was October tenth. Uh, I mentioned I I picked Patrick Hornqu- Hornquist uh, in a mid round pick. I dropped him almost right away uh, for Alexi Lafreniere. Uh, the the boy that uh, uh, the the face that Binkle hates more than any other face. Um, <laughs> then October fifteenth, um, there there are a couple guys that I picked up that I wish I would have kept. Um, I I noted those here. So on October fifteenth, I added Matt Zuccarello, um, and it ended up dropping him. I just kind of used him as a stream. Um, Rad Kogudis was another guy that I had picked up at one point and. Uh, and dropped and I, I i don't really know why like uh radko gudis for whatever reason was a streamer in that league for for the first couple of months uh, before someone latched onto him and and held on because you're essentially going to win the, your hits category if you have radko gudis like he he a monster he is insane like he he has i i think at the end of the year he had 70 more hits than the next best guy in the league or something like that like that's that's ridiculous almost 400 hits or is over 300 now i i don't know i i don't have the stats in front of me right now but it was like in the mid 300s or something like that um now uh a couple of big moves i made so uh i picked up lucas raymond off of waivers on october 27th and held on to him for quite a while almost uh, like until around playoff time um he was one of my late drops um, in, in ter- to uh, try and maximize my schedule. Mm-hmm. November 15th uh, was when I finally gave up on Jeff Petrie. So I held on for quite a while, but uh, after about a month and a half of 
this he had two assists in 17 games at that point <laughs> uh and montreal was in complete free fall at, uh, already so i was like i need to i need to figure something out so i picked up jacob chikrin who didn't didn't really fare much better and who i think nate dropped uh before that it was yeah, he a guy that you drafted in that league yeah, yeah. <laughs> um december 6th this was a big one this is one that i've spoke about a lot uh was i picked up joe pavelski and held on to him for the rest of the year. And I was talking to Nate before. Um, I'm not really sure why Pavelski was was a uh, he was a stream a streamer for quite a while early in the year, even though his his uh, percent roster ship was like in the 80s. Um, in this league, I think Nate was saying he had a really high shooting percentage early on in the year, um, but his his point totals were pretty consistent. Uh, for for the entire season his peripherals got a little bit better later in the year too which which made him even more valuable um he started hitting more and shooting a bit more consistently so um that was huge uh but yeah prior to me picking him up i have here he had 19 points in 22 games so not not really sure what happened there um that same day i cut bait on mike smith finally (laughs) Um, (laughs) and uh picked up james reimer and he ended up being a hold for a while for me and got me a lot of good statistical um or got me some 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 value goalie stats um San, San Jose was on a bit of a run at the start of the year I remember uh and he was he was playing exceptionally well until he got hurt at one point March 4th we're going to skip way ahead um this is where I was starting to think about maximizing my schedule uh, or maximizing my roster um, so that I had as many games through the playoff weeks as as possible. So I added David Perron. Uh, he was also on waivers, which was was a bit of a, a shocker there. And after I added him on March fourth, he had twenty eight points in twenty seven games for the rest of the year, and that he was an absolute monster down the stretch and was huge for me in the playoffs. Um, just with that really favorable schedule, he had four games in each each week. Uh, each playoff week that I had from 23 to 25. So David Perron was amazing. And I do remember, so this is something I remember. Nate tried to trade Perron to me early in the year for Ehlers. And I Mm. said, no, um, and then ended up picking him picking him up for free. So that was uh, that yeah, was fantastic. I right before he went on that absolute bender, <laughs> like was, literally yeah. days before <laughs> he took off. And he did, and he was terrible before that. And yeah, it was amazing I, after that. I think Ehlers was cold at the start of the year, yeah, and was. Perron was really hot. Yeah, Ron was really hot, and then he went ice cold, and then yeah. he got really hot again. So you were trying to uh, you were trying to sell high on him and 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 uh, bank on some value for Ealers, and then, uh, but I preach patience. Mm. Um, that that's uh, page, patience is a virtue, um, and uh, it worked out for me in that way. <laughs> uh, March tenth, I picked up Ryan Polak, who ended up being massive for me in terms of peripherals in the playoffs there were there were games where he had crazy blocks there's one game where he i think he had eight shots on goal which is not not normal for pulak but like he there were there were a couple weeks where there were a couple categories where he essentially was the difference um so he was huge he's a guy that i talked about a lot uh Mm -hmm. especially at the end of the year um, with the Islanders, with their favorable schedule and just an underrated guy uh, in in general 
March 23rd, I added Braden Chen and kept him for the rest of the year. He was another guy that was a streamer um, in our league uh, for a lot of the year. Um, but he, down the stretch, started uh, again. His peripherals started um, becoming uh, more relevant. Uh, he started hitting more like he had a few seasons ago. Um, that had kind of disappeared. I don't know if it was because of injury and because he was playing hesitant or whatever, but uh, he ha- had a fantastic year when he was healthy. He was he was about a point per game uh, and uh, threw his body around quite a bit down the stretch for me. So, so that was a big add too. Um, and uh, yeah, I ended up finishing first place uh, in the standings. Uh, I got a bye to the semis. Um, in the semis, Matthews had that otherworldly week, which essentially dragged my team through because the rest of my guys mm. weren't didn't really have a fantastic week. But I think he had seven goals, four assists, and thirty three shots in four games. <laughs> <laughs> so that, and that that uh, that it was it was a tight matchup, and that ended up essentially putting me into the finals. Uh, and then finals week. I mean, I've talked about it quite a bit. Um, I had a lot of bad luck uh, and honestly made some bad decisions in terms of streams. Uh, I added Robin Letter for a week-long stream. They had three, uh, Vegas had three games uh, on nights where I had goalies or I didn't have goalies playing. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to maximize statistical or my my goalie categories there. And uh, he ended up getting shelled in one game. Uh, and then they started Logan Thompson the next game, and then he had a family issue and and flew right. home, yep. and and then just didn't play the rest of the week. So that didn't work, didn't work out for me. And then it it ended up kind of screwing me over there. Uh, and then also Connor Hellebuck, uh, I mentioned it in the last episode. He um, had that one game on an off night where they didn't play because uh the game was postponed until the next week yeah um because of a a a ridiculous storm um i also uh in finals week dropped brian rust because he only had three games i believe and they were all on heavy nights and he was going to be the odd man out there so that that my mindset was let's try and maximize games played and uh maximize games uh on off nights too so i ended up picking up sam bennett because someone at that point had dropped it, it might have been nate actually because i think you had sam bennett in that probably uh, i gave you all your good players <laughs> <laughs> essentially but it was uh one of those one of those moves late in a week in the playoffs where oh he doesn't have any more games or or uh he's only playing on one off night and i'm trying to get someone who's playing the friday sunday um so that I can I can rack up as many um, as many points as I can, uh, and uh, so that worked out for me. I picked up Sam Bennett. Um, he didn't have a great week, so actually it didn't really work out that well. I thought I thought it was going to be a really great value pick, but uh, he didn't end up playing that well. Uh, and then J- I uh, dropped Vinny Trocheck for the same reason uh, for JGP, uh, and right after he was really hot, and then he went really cold, so that was great. <laughs> uh, and then I. Uh, it went full circle uh, the Petrie situation because I ended up picking him up for peripherals uh, and he was okay he, he got me some peripherals here and there mm-hmm. um, I also left Tori Krug on the IR uh, he was on the IR for a long time leading into that week and then at the last minute 
uh, was all of a sudden just in the lineup. He, he, I don't, I don't even know if he'd been skating that many practices, but it was just kind of like a sudden thing. And he ended up getting a goal and assist with five shots, which would have been the difference. Like that would have won me the the week. That would, that was how close that matchup was. Wow. Um, yeah. If I had started him and and dropped someone and put him uh, in my lineup that night, I would have won. So that's how close it gets sometimes. And 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 that's just, I mean, that's essentially just bad luck. Um, or maybe I should have been a little more intense about, about checking, um, checking the like line rushes ahead of, ahead of games. But, um, that's very time consuming. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, also Matthews missed a game and had like, I think four assists, zero goals, four assists that week. So yeah. after having seven goals and four assists the week before, so, uh, that was tough as well. So yeah, just one more goal would have won me the championship. And that was uh, super unfortunate. So um, my most frequent streams for the year, um, I think I, there were three guys that I picked up three different on three different occasions. And that was Braden Shen, uh, Dimitri Orlov, and James Reimer. Um, and that's about it. That's, that's my summary here. Uh, what do you guys think? Is there anything about my strategy that you would change? Um, is there anything that you liked? What do you think? I think you did all of the right things in picking up all the guys that I had recently cast off. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a terrific strategy for anyone in a league with me. Uh, Man, as soon as I as soon as I let them go, they uh, turn the corners. So. I imagine there are some people in this uh, A and G patron league that are thinking like collusion. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it could be. <laughs> I didn't even think as about soon that. As I, I think there's him. too much rivalry f- between y'all for it to be true, but but I'm sure honestly, some I, people are thinking it. I didn't even know it was Nate that dropped them, uh, <laughs> to be honest. So, uh, although, yeah, David Perron, I, I did remember that because earlier in the year, that was more like a fuck you to Nate because <laughs> he had tried to pawn him off on me <laughs> uh, uh, when when uh, he he was clearly trying to shaft me. Yeah. Yep, you got to try with all your buddies at some point in the fantasy hockey season or else what are you doing here? Um, <laughs> but no, in general, obviously you had a great season. Um, having Matthews uh, definitely helped. and But yeah, I think you you played things right and you got on to guys who were hot and you didn't um, cut them too early. Um, so that was, uh, I think, just solid management on your part. I don't think... Uh, I think that's one of the toughest and um, most interesting skill aspects of fantasy hockey is knowing when to move on from someone uh, who's not performing and knowing when they're about to turn it around. And obviously you had that number on these guys this in this particular league, and I definitely did not. So kudos <laughs> to you there. I think it's, uh, it's definitely important to note that um, you took a bit of a break in terms of, of noteworthy moves that weren't just a streamer position, you know, right around January um, and early February. Like, you know what your team is. You're already kind of pointing towards the playoffs. Like, you're talking about patience being a virtue. Like, you, you know who you have pretty much at that point. And, and um, you know, there's, there's obviously surprises, players that come around right around that time, you know, second half Fiala, et cetera. But um and i think it's it's noteworthy to to say that you you took a bit of a gap uh late december early january and just kind of let things ride so i did try to make trades to maximize my schedule i think i offered i was offering 
a package of Debrinkit and Pietrangelo just because their their schedules weren't great to teams in the mid tier uh, for guys that were like a little bit less uh value but uh none of none of those trade offers worked out so i just rolled with what i had all right uh uh let's move on uh nate you want to talk a little bit about your cup full season yeah yeah so this was uh if you listened already to the draft recaps episode that we put out uh you know that this was a pretty good team that i had um ranked first in my tier in my division um so obviously things worked out for me but i'll run through kind of the transactions on the year and and how i got to this point so kakupful for those who don't know 14 team uh per division so you um have all these tiers it's a kind of a tournament you can work your way up to the top uh by winning year after year and then uh yeah so 14 teams in each league and it's a point set up um relatively forgiving for goalies um solid emphasis on goals and shots i guess i would say and not a huge emphasis on hits um decent emphasis on blocks which keeps the the defenseman relevant which is kind of nice um so yeah i'll start into it Uh, i did have a really good core uh for my draft my draft went pretty well my top six picks kind of all hit uh, more or less so i was able to kind of roll with that for most of the year which gave me a really good foundation, and I kind of just pieced things around uh, around that. Um, I think my first noteworthy addition was Trevor Zegris on October 28th. This was a guy who was showing up on my advanced stats before he was actually starting to put pucks in the net and garner lots of points and get on people's radars. So uh, he was actually dropped because, uh, you know, it's a 14-team it's a league. There are two utility spots as well. Um, so it's a relatively deep league. It's definitely not your typical 10 or 12 team league on Yahoo. Um, so Zegers was dropped. I put in $22 waiver claim to get him. I actually dropped Evan Rodriguez for him, and Rodriguez had another Oof. month or two of just absolute dominance. So looked pretty stupid uh, for the short term, but in the long term, I think Zegers was, uh, was the better option. Um, shortly after that, added James Reimer, November 1st, uh, rode him for a fair while, uh, while he was hot. He was really hot for San Jose. Yeah, he was great. Uh, for better part of two or three months, uh, I want to say. Um, so. Other than Meyer, probably, other than Meyer and Hurdle, probably the MVP of that team. Probably. (laughs) Honestly. Yep. Yep. And then literally the next day, November 2nd, I added Tage Thompson, who stuck on my team for the rest of the season. Uh, another guy whose advanced stats were really blowing up for me um, a little bit before everybody else got wind of what he was doing in Buffalo. Nobody believed that anything good could come out of Buffalo, but uh, so that was a good uh, good pickup for me. November 2nd, Tage Thompson, center left wing, right wing eligibility too was just absolutely huge all year long. Um, so Tage Thompson there was huge. Picked up Jonathan Quick on November 8th, and Quick went on a bit of a run at this point, and it was really nice. Um, I think it was a little shorter than Reimer, maybe only a month or a month and a half or something, but uh, really good. Uh, went for my first round with Vitek Vanacek, November 14th. Um, so you can kind of get the theme for how I'm working these 0G goalies. Any, ga- any goalie who gets a starting shot, uh, I'm willing to give a shot and mm-hmm. uh, kind of see how, how things pan out. Um, so all these guys really uh, did pretty well for me. And obviously there were other options. It wasn't just that they were the only guys out there, um, um, but they were the guys that 
uh, identified as having a good shot to get some volume and get some points for me uh, in this setup. And so at that point, I had lots of goalies on my roster. Uh, I think there was an injury somewhere in there. Uh, maybe Rammer was out for a little bit in that point, so that's why I got uh, Vanacek there. Um, but I also had Frederick Anderson for my draft through all that. Um, so I, at this point, November 18th, through a month and a half into the season, Anderson was absolutely dominant through this point, and I wanted no part of it for the rest of the season. Uh, so I was able to find the Mark Shifley manager, and we were able to come to a one-for-one -one deal there, um, which I was more than happy to do. Um, I'm all about this. If you find a goalie who looks hot and looks like he's going to be an absolute monster all year long, flip them into skater value that skater value is just so much more reliable in my opinion and uh, so I made that trade I would do it again even though Anderson did really have a pretty solid year for the rest of the year and scored a lot of points in this setup um, I would do it again just for the way I like to run my teams I think I replaced Anderson's production at the goalie position really well and I don't think I could have got what I got out of Shifley off the waiver wire nearly as well um so yeah, after that, um, eventually kind of Jonathan Quick fell off and I picked up Cal Peterson. Peterson never really worked out this year. I was kind of high on him coming into the year, but it never really happened for him. And so I ended up moving off him uh, not too long after that. Uh, December 6th, we get another big pickup, Noah Dobson. Uh, another guy, the advanced stats popped and he is starting to put up points and I pounced and he was a hold for the rest of the season for me. Absolute smash um, yeah. all season long, really, uh, from that point on. There was a, a stretch where he got cold. Uh, I want to say like six or seven games he went with only one or two points, and people were getting pretty worried. Um, I was able to hold him through that, so I had a little bit of that uh, that moxie to hang on to my <laughs> guy there that I lacked in the Apples and Geno's Patron League. But, um, yeah, I held on to him through there, and, and he did well for me. Uh, rode Ukapekalukanen. I don't know who, how many people remember, but he had a, actually a two or three week stretch where he was really good for Buffalo. <laughs> um, so I got him in there. Um, I picked up Rasmus Anderson for a week and dropped him again, which is probably a mistake. So not to say that every move I made um, throughout this season was an absolute gem by any stretch. I made my fair share of mistakes. Um, Picked up Vitek Vanacek January 9th for the second time, second go-round. Um, rode him again for a while. And when Lukanen got injured, I picked up Vili Huso for the first time, Ooh. only for three days. Only no. for three days no. the first time, and I dropped him back. So not to say, again, that I was perfect. Um, I didn't anticipate what Huso would become uh, at that point. Uh, so I dropped him back to waivers. Uh, he was just kind of a, a one-off one stream, I thought. Five days later, I pick up Vili Huso for Jonathan Quick at this point, uh, dropping Quick, and I held Huso this time. I uh, didn't make that mistake twice after I saw what he was doing. <laughs> uh, so I held Huso for the rest of the season, and obviously everybody knows what he did from January onwards for oh the Blues. Goodness. Absolute money. Uh, in here, I also grabbed Mason Marshment for his six-point game. No uh, way! And I remember that. Him a week later, <laughs> that was pretty special. I felt good about that one. 
Um, and about this point, so February 1st, I made a trade, which was kind of my first trade looking ahead uh, based on schedule. I traded Trevor Zegras uh, and Oliver Bjorkstrand for Matthew Barzal. Um, this was looking ahead to the Islanders' schedule and how good it was uh, through the back part of the fantasy season and into the playoffs. And at this point, my team was cruising. I was basically in first place in this league the entire way through. Um, I don't exactly remember. Maybe it took me a few weeks to get um, It was a very good team, and I knew I could afford to make a move like this where I doubled up and gave up two potentially very good players for one with a really good schedule. Um, so I, was, I felt pretty comfortable making that move. Zegris was solid i don't think he was spectacular for the rest of the season bjorkstrand had really cold stretch uh through here and then um kind of rebounded uh towards the end but uh i overall looking back even though barzal did not do very well for a good chunk of this time uh he did come through for me in the playoffs and he was pretty good there so that was a good move overall i still think josh morrissey uh, February 13th I picked up, held him through the entire year at that point. Um, Morrissey, once he got back on the top power play, and he kind of ran with it from this point on, and it was r really solid. He also hit some blocks, which added some, some peripheral points. Um, really solid pickup there. I think that one turned out really well. I also found uh, Jake DeBrusque and Mikhail Sergachev on, on waivers February 28th and March 2nd. Um, People were getting sick of sick of them, I guess. Uh, sick of Sergachev, at least. And DeBrusque got that promotion, and I was able to hop on him before anybody else did uh, that promotion to the top line with Bergeron Marchand. Um, didn't hold on to him for too, too long, um, but he did pretty much win me a week there. So solid pickup. And then my third and final trade in this league, uh, March 4th, so coming up to a trade deadline, I traded Shea Theodore and Alex DeBrinkett for Vladimir Tarasenko and Rasmus Dahlin. Um, absolutely just looking forward to the playoffs here. St. Louis and Buffalo with the terrific schedule in the playoffs. Vegas and Chicago with pretty terrible schedules for the fantasy playoffs. Um, so I was really happy to get this deal on the surface. Uh, I Actually, I posted this to Twitter when I traded it, and a lot of people thought I lost this trade. Um, but I haven't actually run the numbers. I should run the numbers and see what they actually scored me during the playoffs, but I can tell you Tarasenko was an absolute monster, and Darlene scored points in every single game in the playoffs. So uh, it was a good it was a good move overall. Mm -hmm. I'm very happy with how well, that you, turned out. Well, you won the league, too, so it's hard, it's hard to argue <laughs> with that. It is pretty hard to argue with winning. It is nice. Um, Valerie Nichushkin spent literally all the rest of my waiver budget, $32, uh, on March 16th when he got the promotion, and he was a huge part of the last bit of my um, playoff push, I guess, to cement my my buy and everything. Um, so that was a that was well worth the $32 uh, budget out of 100 on the season. Um, and then Seth Jarvis was another guy I picked up. And then we get into the playoffs, and I'm just flipping guys. Paul Stastny had a good uh, a good playoff schedule, so I got into him. I got into Sam Montembeau uh, for a couple of games Ooh. when Montreal had those off nights. Uh, I was playing Sam Montembeau when there were no other goalies on off nights because it was just Montreal and Winnipeg playing the off nights. Mm -hmm. um, there was a bunch of that. I added Adam Lowry. I added Ilya Mikheyev. I added Dustin Tokarski. 
um, <laughs> pulling out all the stops in the finals to to make the win. And the the bigger one I did make for the full final week was Matt Boldy. Um, that was right kind of when he Boldy! was starting to heat back up again. And so I grabbed him and he went off that week to really cement my win. I actually had Shifley and Pasternak out for my fi- entire finals week. Um, and I had loaded up on Winnipeg players and they had that missing game. Um, so I was pretty, I was pretty, a lot uh, of people got burned. I was pretty pissed that week. I was convinced that I was going to lose just because of injuries to two of my top three forwards or four forwards. And then, uh, and then just a scheduling thing, um, weather event, um, but I did pull it out. It was close, uh, but I did pull it out in the end, and I got the dub, got the league win. Um, so that was my season. Um, I think there was some good moves in there, but like I said, uh, I didn't make everything perfect. Um, that's kind of how Zero-G works, though. I think that was probably the most helpful thing I could offer uh, through this is how I was attacking the goalies, especially in a point setup like this. Um, just looking for volume essentially and there is plenty of volume to be found like you you saw me get Huso there you saw me get quick Peterson flipped those guys back and forth both of them did actually get me a fair number of points James Reimer was really valuable for me for a good mm-hmm. chunk of the season um, and yeah just getting that replacement value or like 80% of what a Hellebuck or a Vasilevsky would have given you on the season I got out of these guys that I was just flipping through on waivers uh, and it really helped me build up with those top six picks, guys that stuck on my, my roster all season long and really um, were the reason I, I was able to get the, the top seed and, and get the bye and uh, set myself really up really well for playoffs. Win's a win. Yeah, again, hard to argue with that. I, there's there's not much that I can argue with there. Um I guess Mark Shif- Mark Shifley must have had a better statistical finish to the season than he did at the beginning because he he was really stinking. But um, he was awful uh, at the start. Yeah, yeah. And he, uh, I, I don't know. I didn't really pay that much attention to him just because uh, I just assumed everyone on Winnipeg was shit because they were <laughs> shit. <laughs> we, uh, we had a couple of episodes that were um, must drops. That include Jets in the in the first yeah. I think, seven weeks of the season because you know we were all looking at him and going, "There's nothing good happening here." I'm not and touching of, that team. Yeah. yeah, and then of course you know their their top three guys over the last five weeks of the season were stellar. So what are you going to yeah. do, right? You know, except when they don't play in a storm. Yeah, yeah. I actually got uh, I got tipped off by uh, my stepfather who is big into weather and told me that there was like a historic storm coming to winnipeg so not even apropos of hockey he was just talking to me about the weather so did that so. did that keep you from picking up jets so wow. I, I i started uh actually looking into it um and then in uh in the hockey discord i don't remember which one um someone um was tipped off via an arena employee um <laughs> that they would not be playing the day before um, I think so that might I, have been ours. I think that yeah, might have been our Discord. I'm, I'm pretty like sure it was, that. but uh, I don't want to give credit due where where it wasn't. And yeah. you know, obviously, as a as a fantasy file, you know, there's a few of them that we're in. So yeah, um, but yeah, I was I was tipped off, so I I didn't uh, I didn't make that mistake with any Jets that week. Um, I went pure Canadians instead. 
So that's awesome. We'll have to uh, work in a weather segment into this year's and Gino's podcast. <laughs> John, the weatherman. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, man. Let's uh, let's hear about your season, Bank. So I actually um, I feel pretty phenomenal about the moves I made um, week over week. Um, being a part of the show week in and week out really honed it. Um, the truth articles that Nate put out um, were especially helpful. Um, not being a super advanced stat guy, um, obviously I get more and more into it with y'all's help, but. Um, you know, just having, having Apple's Genos as a, as a resource was really helpful for me. Um, and Josh, you put me on a couple of players, um, throughout the season that, you know, even doing my own separate research were, were, um, instrumental in me winning a, a couple of very crucial weeks. So, um, there's a lot to be happy about for me. So, uh, beginning from the top, uh, my very first ad of the season was Bone Byram, um, like I alluded to in the, in the draft episode, uh, my league is my primary league is now a keep two. And my goal is to be able to keep, um, two very young defensemen in, in late rounds and it being an ad just automatically makes it a 16th rounder. So, um, I brought him in really early. Uh, he looked wonderful when he played. Um, and with my settings, I was able to basically just keep him on IR all season long until I dropped him. Um, come playoff time and nobody picked him up. He's, he's actually back on my team in case, um, you know, I want to keep him as well. So um, I think all of the signs I was looking for are still there. Um, I'm hoping he doesn't go Crosby and miss like eight months with a head injury again. Uh, But we'll see. So uh, directly after that, another huge ad for me, um, a player that sat on my roster after being drafted last year uh, was Dylan Larkin. I picked him up October 24th. Uh, you know, a little bit before he was set to come, come out from the injury, um, top line player, phenomenal offensive talent, a true captain on the team. Um, the trouble I ran into with that addition was that he made it very, very hard to start Trocek who I had drafted. Um, I had Ajo and Trocek and him as my primary centers for most of the year. And I figured with a Carolina stack and another center, I would be set and somehow, they played like the exact same schedule. So it was always Ajo and Mm -hmm. one of the other two. And that always set me up for failure because I made the wrong choice day to day every single time somehow, no matter what my parameters of the decision were, I made the wrong one. So uh, that's definitely something I'm going to keep in mind going forward as far as my stacks go in, in, um, in teams where I have centers that are solely center eligible um, I'm probably going to avoid that stack where it was it was intentional when I drafted. Uh, having Larkin on the team made that very difficult for me. So uh, I'm definitely going to change that going forward and something I'm going to keep a closer eye on. Um, pretty closely after that, I traded uh, Konechny and Dvorak and uh, a couple of high-level picks for Mitch Marner. Um, he had one point through wow. seven games at that point. Uh, the owner was super, super low on it, and uh, I was able to push high-level picks in the first year of a keeper league um, where the the round looks higher than it is in, in actuality. Uh, and I knew that. I don't know that they knew that, but, um, you know, sometimes you got to win the trade. So That's massive. Yeah, 97. 97- 
97 points rest of season after that. So um, he took off pretty much immediately, scored a goal in two straight games after that, and he was off and running. Um, After that, because of the space on on my roster, I added Matt Duchesne on November 2nd. It was a massive value for the rest of the season, 81 points rest of the season. Uh, I tried to sell – all year long after that, I never got a taker. We, we talked about it <laughs> multiple times on the show. Um, you know, it. every single one of us was like, this is going to stop. This is going to stop. This is yeah. going to stop. Then Forsberg came back and we were all sure it was going to stop. And it didn't. Uh, he had a, a career year. At the actual last minute of the trade deadline, I was able to trade him. And I'll, and I'll get into that here in just a second. Um Almost directly after that, November 6th, I traded Tony D'Angelo for Matty Kachuk. Um, and I wow. was, was able wow, – wow, it was wow. a one-for-one one trade. Um, and the uh, the manager that I traded with, we owned opposite players last year and made the same trade. Um, so we drafted opposite this year and then traded back to those players – um, and then I think two months later, he, uh, tried to trade me the same reverse. And I was like, that's <laughs> not going to happen. Dude. <laughs> like, no chance. Um, so that was a massive win for me after, after the beginning of November, I felt really, really good about, uh, the roster. And I went on a bit of a tear in that season. Um, a little bit later in the month, I added Zach Wierenski, um, the, the team that they were on was having a really, really bad streak. They needed to win immediately. Um, and he went down with an injury and they were forced to drop him. And because um, I had improved my team via trade, I wasn't really streaming heavily. And because of the goalie situation that I had where I had two top goalies, I wasn't uh, wasting any waiver claims trying to take top talent. And I was, you know, I think there were five attempts to pick him up after my first waiver. Um, and I held him for the rest of the season. Um, here's where it's, it gets a little bit ugly for me. Uh, on the 22nd of November, I dropped Sam Reinhart for Seth Jarvis. I watched a few oh. games of Carolina, and I just I love the way Jarvis looks. I'm going to be uh, looking to draft him in, in the coming season. Uh, I think he's in a phenomenal position. I think he's a great player. He's a stud. I was torn between dropping Carter Verhage and Sam Reinhardt, and I stuck with Verhage based on the situation. At the time, Reinhardt was still a uh, third-line center. It wasn't going super well. That's when the yikes started. Uh, almost directly after that, he just went on just the uphill climb of a lifetime. He went 71 points rest of season, 26 power play points after that. So it was the wrong move, and Jarvis was on my roster for – four more games, five more games. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it was really, really bad. That's that's the uh, the bonehead mood of the year for me, I think. Um, I felt a little bit better about it because I was able to fill that roster spot with Evan Rodriguez. Um, he had already been pretty hot at that point. Uh, I filled it a little over three weeks later on December 14th, and he went a point per game for the next 30 games. I held on a little bit too long, um, probably a week, 10 days too long. Um, after that started to dip again and his production went a little bit lower and they started moving him around on, on lines with Russ coming back and things like that. Um, I'm also going to be heavily watching him over the next season to see uh, where he ends up and how he ends up because the talent is clearly there. When, when they give him the time on ice, 
there's a lot of production that follows it. Mm-hmm. Um, I added Valerie Nutushkin on January 10th. So he would have been my, uh, my add to that Erod drop. Um, I felt really good about it. It was super necessary because of, um, the way that my roster was shaking up with injuries at that point. I don't remember exactly when, um, when Landis Cog went out, but that's, that's probably right around in there, maybe a little bit before. Um, and he was phenomenal throughout the playoff stretch. Um, I don't know what to expect with him going forward, whether that production and having a career type year is, is going to be possible for them next year. But um, I think that kind of depends on, on uh, the rest of the roster shaking out and where Kadri goes and et cetera. Um, I finally, five days after that, uh, had the stones to drop Tyson Berry. Um, I caught a little bit of flack from you guys uh, and probably rightfully so because he actually began to pick it up after that. So I think he was just waiting on me to drop him. Um, (laughs) I got super, super lucky uh, with another waiver claim. Uh, I added Jordan Cairo on February 27th. There was an owner that was pushing for, for playoff contention and uh, just wasn't a great schedule for them. I added him and didn't play him very much expecting um, him to be necessary come playoff time with the, with the blues having the ridiculous schedule. So again, I got lucky with the, the waiver order and, and an owner, um, you know, looking to, to be more successful in the interim. He's try eligible too, which is really, really nice. It, it didn't mean so much to me um, because I was really largely set uh, on the wings and, and kind of uh, like gridlocked kind of at center. in the center, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, but it seemed super, super profitable for me come playoff time. So he just kind of sat on my bench for most weeks um, and actually had pretty uh, not, not so great of a run after I picked him up. Um, but it definitely panned out come playoff time. Um, I had a similar thinking uh, about a month later when, on March 3rd, I picked up Jakob Vrana. Um, I think probably a week before he came off the, the injured list. And uh, there were some signs of injury with Dylan Larkin at that point too. So I figured there's going to be some opportunities, uh, um, an upper tier player that's not really gotten to play all season long. It panned out for a little bit, um, especially in the early goings. Um, but I didn't stick on my team very long. Um, it, was, it was pretty well padded at that point, And I just wanted to see how lucky I was going to get, um, especially with him being able to be stashed on, on IR for, for at least the interim. Um, right after that, and right at the deadline, uh, I was finally able to move Matt Duchenne and I was able to move off of, uh, Carter Verhage in a trade for Rasmus Anderson and Noah Dobson, a, a certain person on this podcast kept telling us, uh, that Dobson was a quality player and, uh, having moved, uh, Tony D earlier in the year and was not getting really solid production at that point out of Zach Wierenski. Um, I was really looking for some, some bolstering for my defense. Uh, so I had to spend some, some pick capital to do it um, to get the, the team to actually accept the trade because they weren't going anywhere um, super strongly in the playoffs um, and I feel like uh, just a straight up trade between the four players, it probably wasn't um, in line with value. But in terms of 
playoff schedule and um, my actual roster, it was definitely necessary. I feel super good about the trade, even though it took me um, four rounds of capital. So uh, it's going to hurt come next draft season, but it was definitely worthwhile in, in this playoff stretch. Um, my playoff streams were absolutely phenomenal. Um, we've talked about it before. Anyone is droppable come playoff time. And I was able to do it um, probably a week in advance. I was able to pick up Nachushkin. Um, I picked up Rob Thomas, which basically just pushed me through my first nice. round matchup. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did the same thing with DeBrusque, who also pushed me through my first round matchup. Uh, and Skinner was a pad in that as well with, with the first round playoff schedule. Um, come second round, my picks were, were not as helpful. Um, I went with JGP who had an excellent schedule and, um, played really, really well in the previous week when I didn't need him, um, and kind of busted. So it wasn't uh, a super great pickup in terms of, um, the way that it panned out, but I still feel like, um, the playoff schedule, the usage, um, and the streak that he was on were, were good indicators, but I think as, all, as we've all learned and we've talked about on the pod before, um, there's about five games where JGP is phenomenal, and then you should probably just punt because it's not going to go well after that. Um, I did the same thing with Seth Jarvis. I, I bought in again, and the production wasn't there. I expected there to be uh, a lot more low-line work for the Canes coming into the end of the season and, and into the fantasy playoffs, and uh, it just didn't happen. Like he was on the ice a lot um, and he had quite a few shots, but the production just wasn't there. Um, so I dominated in the first round led by Rom Thomas um, and the actual stars of my team. Uh, no thanks to my goalies who absolutely S the bed. Uh, and I ultimately lost in the semis by a few shots on goal and a couple of shutouts to my opponent um, who had Markstrom and also rostered Mike Smith. So two shutouts in a week. Oh. Um, and just a few shots on goal kind of put me to bed. Uh, but I don't feel so bad because I, I lost to the eventual league winner, um, who is a phenomenal fantasy manager and has my favorite fantasy team name of all time, the five-hole Donnie Brook. So shout out to them. <laughs> yeah, those are some great, uh, great moves, man. Uh, I think you you definitely made the most of the year. I think that Dylan Larkin ad is huge. He was a guy he's, he's been a guy that for the last few years has been a very, very late round drafted player. Um, sometimes doesn't even get drafted like in this case. Um, and uh, that's, that, that's a huge pickup. He had a fantastic year and he will no longer be that player. Like he's, he's going to shoot up in the, uh, his his ADP is going to be considerably uh, higher this year. Um, also, uh, that Marner trade is ridiculous. Like that's amazing. That 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 is crazy value. Um, Tony D for Maddie Kachuk. Also, like uh, like I can't believe that that happened. You know what the <laughs> best part is? I didn't prompt that trade. That was a trade that came to me, wow. and I smashed except wasn't yeah. I was he was like what yeah. do you think and I was like I'm that's, not gonna answer you before I hit accept that's a no-brainer for me yeah. uh sometimes that happens and you just gotta you gotta capitalize on it. it it does happen um Jordan Cairo another big pickup a nice for the playoffs 
Um, and then, yeah, the, like you said, those those playoff streams your first week, those are like all huge hits. So so it definitely uh, good work. Yeah, yeah, it didn't work. So <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, I, I think... I don't... yeah. Sorry, you go, Nate. No, I was just gonna say I think there there's definitely an element of luck to any individual week in fantasy hockey, and you can make every single right move all the way up. And then uh, you make one or two wrong moves, and your team doesn't quite have the same oomph that week. Um, one less game played for your star player versus their star player. There's so many variables that can happen in any one week. So that's kind of the uh, the glory and the heartbreak of the fantasy playoffs. But uh, it's what keeps us coming back too. So I don't think uh, I don't think you really did anything wrong uh, with any of your decisions here. I think on the whole you had a terrific season. Um, like we talked to in the last podcast about this draft and how you allocate a lot of resources to goaltending and that kind of failed you, which was a big part of why this didn't work out in the end. Um, but honestly, all the trades that you made, the huge ads like Wierenski, a huge ad, um, sticking with Erod while he was hot, um, just ad after ad and trade after trade uh, just shows to goes to show what you can do with a roster throughout the season and really turn yourself into a top-tier contender. Um, so I think this is a, a really good season from you uh, after uh, maybe a mediocre draft. So uh, I think the... Uh, I, I, I can't say better than <laughs> mediocre for a non-zero-G draft. I think that's, I think that's like <laughs> written in my, in my uh, manifesto that I've got hidden away somewhere. So. I, will say, I will say this. For it being a poor strategy that I tested a theory of, I made the right decisions as far as the goalies that I took. For sure. But that is the testament of zero G that it still didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, guys, I, I, I think that, I think that's all we got for today. So thank you all for listening. Um, there will be more off season come or, uh, content to come. Um, the shout outs to the band they're there for their intro and outro music uh and follow us on twitter binkle is at binklemania i'm at just josh and four one and nate is at apples genos so that's uh that's it for us tonight have a good one folks much love good night world